MMA Roadshow, episode number 423. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is not with me. And in fact, nobody is with me. I'm all alone here in my hotel room. Now listen, I had somebody lined up that was going to help me out, help break down one championship here in Denver. Uh... But I'm not going to put them on blast. I'm not going to put them on blast. They're, they're, they're standing me up, but for a very good reason, they got work to do. <laughs> so I thought I was going to be able to pull somebody away, but they're still busy filing stories for their uh, place of employment, which is the place they're making money, not volunteering their time here, just talking to me. So for that reason, I will certainly be not, not blaming them one bit and understand that uh, they got a job to do. They got a job to do. But I, of course, am here in Denver, Colorado site of One Fight Night 10, the very first show for one championship in the United States. Of course, they've had that deal with Amazon for quite a while, so they've been broadcasting here in North America, in in uh, on in the U.S. and Canada on Amazon, which I think has been a good deal for them. Uh, seems like everybody's happy with the partnership as far as what we're hearing. Uh, talks of maybe even expanding the partnership a little bit. Now, what does that mean, expanding to more uh, markets? Does it mean expanding the number of shows? We don't know. Shatri was Keeping that a little bit close to the hip. Shatri Sitchitong, of course, the, the one championship CEO. So um, what does that mean? What does that look like? Who knows? But it seems like it's a good deal. I mean, man, look, live sports mean something. You know what I mean? It's It's been streaming deals right now are big. So big opportunities for them. But here's a chance to be in the United States, do the show in the United States, you know, get some of the local media coverage and get some people looking at it. Um, and I think it's going to be good for him. Uh, you know, there's a cool tie-in, I guess, that it's in Denver, the same place that the UFC held their first event. Um, you know, just kind of a cool, I guess, coincidence, I would say, more than anything. I mean, 30 years later, here you are starting uh, a new phase of your career in the same place that one started. Uh, really, that was not the reason for doing it. I don't think the, the, the one championship cared too much about comparisons to the UFC or any kind of link like that. Um, it's just more that the Colorado Commission was the one that was willing to adapt the rule set, right? I mean, you got the knees to the head of the grounding opponents. You got some different scoring criteria, um, you know, where you score fights as a whole. There's, you know, there's 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 different things going on. And of course, you got Muay Thai and small gloves. I mean, so you got you got multiple rule sets that you got to adapt. You got the weight cutting thing, um, you know, the weight class, how they do everything. So. Colorado was the one that was going to say, yeah, let's do it. We'll we'll do that. So that'll be something to monitor because, look, it's going to be Colorado's first time, um, you know, overseeing this rule set and, and overseeing an event that's utilizing this fashion. So we'll see how that all plays out. Um, but that, that, I believe, is, you know, why they're here more than anything. Like, hey, let's have, let's have some cool parallel to the UFC. Uh, it is at the uh, First Bank Center, I believe it's called now, in Broomfield, Colorado. So we're downtown here in Denver. Um, and, and all the media activities have been down here in the downtown area, which I think is smart. You know, the, the press conference, uh, you know, all the different things, the workouts, all the things they've done, you know, have that in the more uh, populated area of the city because Broomfield is out in the suburbs a little bit. The UFC's actually run a couple of events there. Not not the biggest arena, but, I, you know, I think that's smart. I mean, the UFC has done fight nights there, and I think it's, it's good, man. If you can, you know, have a small building but just make sure it's full – you know, sometimes that can be better than, you know, trying to book a big arena and then finding out, ah, ticket sales were a little tougher than we thought, especially when you're coming to market for the first time. So, um, you know, anxious to see the whole setup and, and how they do it. Um, if you've never seen a one championship event, obviously uh, they are, they are, uh, they do big over the top production. So um, I think it'll be cool to see it. It's a, it's a really good card. Um, 
Cole Coffee, of course, is not with me. He is back in Las Vegas. He did not make the trip out to uh, Newark, New Jersey, uh, but he was working all day, and so we'll have him check in a little bit just for the things he saw. Because I'll be honest with you, I have not seen anything from the UFC whatsoever. I was busy working on Media Day, press conference, all the other stuff I had here, so I didn't get a chance at all to go uh, to, to check out anything. In fact, after I get done recording this, I'll probably start checking out some of the videos and kind of seeing what's going on. But I'm pumped up for the card, man. I'm, I'm really pumped up for UFC 288. Took a hit. Took a hit on, on the main card with the loss of Bryce Mitchell. And, you know, I've seen some people saying, oh, I don't know about this lineup, but I think this is a lineup for the hardcores, man. I really do. I, I, I like it. I mean, you got... The main event, of course, to me is incredibly intriguing. You got Aljamain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo. You know, kind of a little cringy buildup. They like to talk. They like to go back and forth with each other. But, you know, it's this, it's this return of Henry Cejudo. And, it, and it's crazy, man. You know, uh, and I think it was Luke Thomas threw out that stat that uh, in t- UFC title fights with guys over the age of 35, they're like 2-28. and 28. That's crazy. I mean, that is a significant statistic and a significant sample size you know what I mean if it was like oh they're one in three so they only win 25 percent of the time you're like yeah but that's only four fights you're talking about that many fights and oh by the way the same the two wins came from the same guy and Tyron Woodley like that tells you something man and I I was kind of leaning Aljamain Sterling anyway man but you know that 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 statistic really just kind of hammers home now I like Aljamain Sterling because I I think you know stylistically the way they match up the size that he brings in there Big. I mean, huge size difference. I know Cejudo's used to fighting bigger guys, so, you know, maybe he's prepared for that. But I think the size difference is, is, is a big thing here. And then I think about just the games, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the styles that they bring to the table. And uh, Aljamain Sterling, man, I, I love his grappling ability, and I think he's going to be able to deal with Henry Cejudo, who gets those takedowns. But I think in this one, it's probably going to be best served to try to keep this on the feet, at which point that, that range distance comes back an issue again. So I like it. Now, I was talking with my co-host, uh, Eric McMahon, on Cage Side with John Morgan earlier this, um, earlier this week. And he's actually leaning Henry Cejudo. And I get it, man. I understand the case he made. He talked about the scrambling ability that that uh, Henry Cejudo has. You know, obviously, as an Olympic gold medalist wrestler, he's got this ability to scramble out of situations, so he doesn't necessarily believe that Aljamain's going to be able to get to those dominating grappling positions. So um, it, it all lays out very interestingly. Of course, the time away is, is big. You know, normally somebody stepping back after three years into a role like this, you would say, well, they can't replicate that. You know, they, they're not going to be – you know, I feel like Henry Cejudo's layoff wasn't really a layoff. Now – um, he's just so involved in, in training and working with his team and, and teaching other people. And he's hands-on, right? He's out there like actually – now he's not getting – at least I don't think that he was like sparring along the way for, for three years. But he's still in there drilling and he's still in there keeping his mind sharp. I mean, you see his breakdowns and you see just how much technical savvy he has and knowledge of the game, man. It's really impressive. Um, so I, normally where I would factor in that three-year layoff a lot more, I tend not to as much, but you can't ignore it. Not fighting in a live scenario for, for three years, man. That's that's a big deal, especially against a champion who is getting better, who seems to be performing at their highest level ever. I mean, it means something. So uh, I'm intrigued by this, man. It's a coin flip to me. It really is a coin flip to me, man. I, I can see a case for both guys winning. I, I think I'm leaning Aljamain Sterling, but I'm not saying that with a, a huge degree of certainty, you know. Um I just, I just, you just can't. I think with two guys this good. So anyway, I'm anxious to see what all, what everybody had to say, and all the stuff that's coming out of Jersey. And we'll get Cole Coffee to weigh in on just some of the things he saw and, and his thoughts on on these fights as well. Um, I'm gonna be a unique scenario actually because on Saturday, 
I will be in Canada. Uh, I will be on the mic in uh, Windsor, I believe is where we're going. <laughs> I should probably figure out where I'm going, huh? I mean, I got a plane ticket and all that, but Windsor, Nova Scotia, Canada. Uh, so the uh, last two events that I did for Fight League Atlantic have been in Moncton. Um, this is a new place. I think they've, this is the first time they've ever actually been to this venue. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see it and uh, flying into Halifax. And uh, my man Chris Kaladi is going to show me around Halifax a little bit, and then we'll then we'll head out to uh, to Windsor to to call Fight League Atlantic Nine. So uh, we'll be on the mic for that. Looking forward to it. Great crew out there in Canada, man. They're doing some big things out there on the Eastern Seaboard. Um, but I, you know, I'm going to try to have these prelims on my phone or something like that uh, so I can keep track. But I think the good thing is. Uh, because we're an hour ahead out there, we're, uh, uh, that that part. Uh, well, geez, I should make sure that that province is. I'm pretty sure it's on Atlantic Time Zone too. Uh, Moncton was. So I'm pretty sure this is too. Where it's actually one hour ahead of Eastern. So hopefully we'll wrap up um, before the main event, and we can really give my full attention to that, and then sit down and do a half episode as well after I've had a chance to review everything. So shout out to everybody over at Patreon.com/slash The MMA Roadshow. Appreciate all the love. And support over there. So, um, yeah, that's going to be my Saturday. I'll be doubling up on events. I'll be on the mic and then and then watching that as well. So, uh, but on Friday, uh, you know, I've been here for one championship all week long. Intrigued today. The uh, the press conference went down. The open workouts went down. Tomorrow will be the weigh-ins in the morning. Now, I'm in a unique situation right here. Uh, in that I'm on the 22nd floor of the host hotel, which is an absolutely really nice hotel. It's actually like the Hyatt place, I think is what it's called. But I'm sitting here in my room. I, got, I didn't even get an upgrade. And I got like a, a nice room with a sitting area, like a whole couch and, uh, you know, footrest and odd, ottoman, I guess you'd call it. You know, it's, it's a nice, nice room, dude. I like, but uh, the elevator's not working right now. So I'm on the top floor of this place, and the elevator is not working now. For me, that's not going to be uh, the greatest of fun when I when I go grab <laughs> some dinner here in a little bit. I'm hoping it's working by then. Uh, but um, for the fighters, you know, I was kind of thinking about this. I, you know, I think the fighters still cut weight to a degree here in, in one. I mean, I know the idea is to get rid of weight cutting, but I'm sure everybody's still cutting a little bit, right? I mean, they got to kind of just finesse the weight down to exactly where they got to be. Uh, obviously, they got to do the hydration. This is my first time watching that all. I've seen, I've seen the streams. I mean, appreciate them. I know a lot of people were like, where's the transparency? And they started streaming it. Um, but, you know, it's a lot different actually being in the room and you can kind of see what's not on camera and how people are acting and what's going. So I'm excited to, to see the whole thing um, in person, I guess. I know Alex Davis, my good friend Alex Davis, he's a big proponent of it. Like, he, he, he thinks it is the fix. Uh, I know there was a video that came out. Uh, the On Point MMA guys, uh, I believe, where they just kind of totally blasted it and said it can be cheated. Um, unfortunately, I think every system can be cheated. There's just nothing perfect, and that's for anything. You know what I mean? I have yet, in, in all my years of being in this business, I have yet to hear the perfect solution for how you fix weight cutting or how you address weight cutting. So, um, anyway, I'm anxious to see that up close. But it did make me think, right, would people be absolutely panicking if they had, like, severe weight cuts and big weight cuts um, and they weren't able to get back and forth uh, to – I mean, like, I guess if you're cutting weight, you know, chasing the stairs is not a bad thing, right? I mean, it gets your, gets your workout in, help you cut some calories. But, you know, if you happen to be in kind of a weakened state or whatever and you got to walk up or down, like, 15 flights of stairs, I, I can't imagine that would be fun if you were in a, a state of a big, big weight cut. You know, some of these guys that are just – in really bad shape. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know. I'm hoping to get the elevators working soon because I'm, I'm not really feeling 22 flights down and 22 flights up. But 
I mean, let's be honest. I could use I could use the steps. <laughs> I could use the steps. Uh, but it did make me think. Hey, man, you know, this is obviously not the scenario that one championship was looking for and what they were thinking of when they got rid of weight cutting. But you do think you have some fighters that are panicking a lot less. So, listen, this one championship event, Broomfield, Colorado. Uh, it's a, a little suburban area. Um, everything's been kind of downtown here so far this week. Uh, the, the press conference was good. Um, big man they had like the whole card at the press conference which I, they want to do everything big right i mean this is a, a big moment for one championship this is their big opportunity to make a huge statement on the u.s scene uh you know they that broadcast deal as you said it's been good it's been in place for a while but this is the moment where you're on the ground and you're getting coverage up close and and you know maybe you're exposed to new family I mean, there were a, a decent amount of fans at the press conference today that were excited to see people there. And, you know, it's their chance to see the product for the first time. And, you know, maybe it's like that hipster fan, you know, oh, I like the UFC, but you know what I really like? I like one championship. Now I love one. I, I really do like what one championship is doing. I think uh, we've talked about it before, but now that I'm here, you know, covering it, going to a little bit deeper, but what they've done in, in adding submission grappling and adding Muay Thai and four ounce gloves and adding, uh, kickboxing, it's really opened up the, the number of athletes that they can chase after. And they've got some great MMA talent. Obviously, Demetrius Johnson versus Adriana Marias. I mean, D Demetrius, a lot of people, uh, you know, the GOAT, he's definitely in the GOAT discussion. I still lean John Jones, but you can't have a discussion of the greatest of all time and not have Demetrius Johnson in the conversation. Um, so that's, you know, that's that that's upper level. And Adriana Marias, I don't think necessarily has gotten the respect. Crazy thing, this is his first time competing um, in the United States as well. I mean, he's, he's lived and trained here for quite, at least I know he trains here. I don't know if he just comes out for camp. I think he lives in Florida um, at American Top Team. So, I mean, you're, he's been in the rankings forever. I mean, the, you, they took about like the MMA junkie rankings that we used to do, uh, you know, the, that's everything. It's not just the organization. It's, it's uh, you know, all the talent in the world. He's there forever, man. The dude's been performing. So, they, you know, they've got some names. You know, Sage Northcutt is back. Um, really excited for that. You know, uh, man, I had a chance to interview him and just – you know, what he's gone through, man, and four years away and battled on his way back. I'm excited for that. So they have some elite martial artists. They have mixed martial artists. They have some um, some top talent. And, you know, they're going to try to steal some some free agents here every now and then. I know the Francis Ngannou thing didn't work out so well. Uh, a little bit surprised that uh, Chatri Shichijong went out of his way to kind of uh, poke at Francis Ngannou a little bit, I think. I, I think basically he was just trying to get out ahead of the news and kind of control the narrative, which I get it. Everybody tries to do that. They're like, hey, if I make my statement first, and that's the statement that's on record first, but I think it's one of those situations where it would have been better served not to say anything, man, just to kind of just to kind of leave it alone, you know what I mean? But whatever, it happened. Uh, I guess those are lessons that Shatri Sichitang will uh, learn along the way, as, you know, especially as, as they get maybe more media coverage here in the United States. Um, but, you know, You've you've got the greatest of the great in Muay Thai kickboxing, submission, grappling. I mean, you literally have the best grapplers on the planet. You literally have the best strikers on the planet. And you're not all just chasing after the same names in the MMA world. I mean, you're still trying to get some free agents, of course, but you're not doing just that, you know. And um, I think that's was, that was where they were stuck for a long time. It was like, you know, you got good things. You, you know, you got like Eddie Alvarez to come over, who's always been smart and, and really, I don't care where I fight. Wherever pays me the most money, I'll go fight, you know what I mean? So you got Eddie Alvarez to come over. Um, but I think it was just tough to get people to, to really buy into it. You know, Demetrius was the perfect addition um, because he wanted to fight over there. And, of course, he, you know, trained by Matt Hume, who has big connections with the company. So um, it all made sense. But it, he wanted to go do that. But I think it was hard to attract top-level free 
agents because they weren't competing in the United States. And you did, let's be honest. Until this Amazon deal, it was tough, man. You, you know, you kind of disappeared a little bit because the fights were on, like, Friday at 5 a.m. in the morning. And, like, nobody's getting up to watch that. Um, and, and, again, the, the whole thing is live sports. People love live sports. And so, they're, you know, they're not going back and watching it either. So I think it was a little tough. Um, now, you know, this new deal opens up, uh, I think, uh, an opportunity for a lot of people to take a look at. You know, they're, they're being broadcast in prime time in the United States. Now they're going to host events in the United States. So I think this is a big opportunity for them. Um, and we'll see how it goes. You know, not, not, not a huge arena, but sometimes, you know, it's better to have a, a small arena that's packed than to have a, a big, big building that you find out it's more difficult to sell tickets than, than you thought. So um, we'll see how the building looks on, on Friday night. But the show's good. If you haven't seen the show, uh, one championship, man, the shows are over the top, man. They're fantastic. So uh, they do they do big production, man. It's, it's you know, very reminiscent of Pride Era type production. So um, no more Michael Chavello. I'm not sure exactly what all happened there. No Michael Chavello. I've always considered Michael Chavello a friend, man. He's, he's always been very, very good to me. Uh, I, I'd run into him every now and then at airports, which is crazy. We crossed each other at the LAX airport a couple times. Uh, but I know he's a, a free agent not working with the company anymore. Uh, I'm not sure if that was a, 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 an Amazon Prime decision. I'm not sure if that was a, a one championship decision. But I know he's out there kind of touting being a free agent. And I know for some people, they're like, ah, oh, he's too over the top, man. But the dude definitely brings the energy, man. He definitely keeps it exciting. So um hate to see that kind of as they're going in this era – that Chevello's no longer with the company, but uh, I don't know exactly what happened behind closed doors. I don't know if we'll ever hear the whole story of, of why. It seemed, seemed like a weird direction to go in because um, his voice is still on a lot of promos. But, I mean, you know, the same thing happened with Mike Goldberg as well. You know, they, they, they still had his voice in a lot of video packages until, you know, Anik had been around long enough that there were all those to work with. So, anyway, unfortunate for him. But overall, like I said, you've got these great, great fighters and you've got these, you know, elite, world-class level um, that they're not just sharing the same talent pool that PFL, Bellator, um, the UFC, of course, are, are all going after. You know, they, they can kind of corner the market a little bit. Not that there's not great fighters in glory. Not that there's, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, there's, I'm not saying that they're the only ones in those games, but they are one of the biggest in the games. You know what I mean? And now they're doing this weekly show in Thailand, which the Muay Thai and four-ounce gloves, man, it's a uh, – I dig it, man. I dig it. I got to go to Thailand this summer. I've never been to Thailand, and Muay Thai is the roundabout thing that got me uh, got me into mixed martial arts, as I said before. So, uh, how big is this moment? That's that's the key. Like, I, 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 what I'm interested to see, so I asked Shatri Sitchidon today where the U.S. factors in moving forward. Because, um, listen, man, I think it's one thing we forget over here when we talk about how big an organization is. Um, and, and I know Shatri gets you know, critiqued all the time for, you know, because they, they make these claims, oh, there's 7 billion, but, you know, we're, we're streaming to 7 billion people. It's like, well, that's, if you're on the internet, yeah, most anybody can get it except if their government blocks it or whatever. So, um, but, I mean, this is, you know, the, I do believe this is a big one. The United States isn't the only place to be successful. I mean, if you're the biggest mixed martial arts organization in 75 countries around the world i mean that's that's big you know what i mean like it but but the big time the big blue chip money the sponsors the revenue like that's all here and you got to carve out some space here so you know how big is this moment i'm, I'm interested to see i, I think it, it you know this to me i don't think we know for sure oh like you know on on, on saturday morning we go yep 
one championship is going to make it or man I, I guess they're going to have to pack it up because they really just don't have anything in the, in the can like no I don't think we're going to know that but it's but it's a big moment for the organization man look at what BKFC did right they had this huge pay-per-view and they had a great weekend where they were the biggest thing now one doesn't have that there's a UFC pay-per-view but at least it's not the same night so at least they do get the, a little bit of their their space right but even for BKFC, right, I think a lot of people are tuning in and they're like, oh, wait a minute. Might have to check out this bare knuckle thing, man. You know, I watched a little bit of it and they made some fans out of me. But now you got to come back and do it again, right? Now you got to get their attention again. Um, and, and I think that's the same thing here. Even if this is a home run, you got to keep it going. And even if it's not a home run, you still got to keep it going there, too. Um, so I don't think this is like the make or break moment. This is the moment we find out the future of one championship. I don't think it's that. But I do think it's big. I, I do think it's big. I think they need to have a good card. Um, I think they need to kind of generate some buzz. Um, and then they need to have what, – what is their long-term strategy here in the United States? Like I said, I asked Shatri about it today, and he said, listen, uh, the U.S. market is important to us, and, you know, it's, it, you're going to hear some news, especially next year, um, and we want to take the U.S. market by storm. Um, you know, we're looking at expanding the partnership with, with, with Amazon Prime. Now, what does that mean as far as expanding? Does that mean, you know – does, does it mean that they're, that they're doing it? Because to my understanding, I believe the prime video deal is only the U.S. and Canada. Now, I don't, look, I don't, I'll, I'll express my ignorance here. I don't know how big Amazon is everywhere else in the world. But I, I, I mean, I've, I've ordered Amazon in Abu Dhabi. I've ordered Amazon in the U.K., you know what I mean? I assume it's as prevalent, I mean, given the valuation of the, of the company. Um, but I don't know if it's like the streaming deal is. That that I don't know. So if it, is it add more markets or is it, you know, um, add more dates? You know, you're doing this weekly show in Thailand. I mean, what if you're doing a show a month in the United States? You know, I, I, that could be massive. Then you start getting some real consistency. Then you start getting some brand awareness. So I don't think this is the end-all, be-all, one way or the other, good or bad for one championship. But it is a big moment for them. So, um, you know, and again, they can be successful without capturing the U.S. market. But there's no doubt that you want to be successful in the U.S. market. So we talked a little bit about what's at the top of the list uh, for the UFC. Of course, as we mentioned, you know, main card shakeup over the UFC. I, uh, yeah, the loss of, of Bryce Mitchell was unfortunate. Uh, most of all, uh, that dude is a stud. We'll see what Diego Lopez can do, step in on short notice. Uh, Jessica Andrade, Jan Jeanan. A um, couple fighters coming off some setbacks, but still um, a meaningful one in the strawweight division. Uh, Chrome Gracie is on there against Charles Jordan. Um, so I still think it's a good card for the hardcores. Um, you know, the Bilal Muhammad, Gilbert Burns fight, props to those dudes for stepping up on short notice and doing a five-round fight, just trying to make a statement. Uh, you know, so I, I get why some people might criticize that this isn't as deep of a card, um, but I think it is still a good card, and I think it's um, I think it's kind of, a, like I said, a, a hardcores card. Uh, I think... It, <sighs> I was really looking forward to Bryce Mitchell and Wolf Sorry, if I'm being honest with you, I, that was a, a terrible, terrible, unfortunate loss. But uh, things happen, and and that's what's uh, that's unfortunately what what played out. It was weird, right? That his shoulder had that. I mean, the, did anybody? I didn't see like cause I haven't seen anything today of the of the interviews, but like that purple stuff that was on his shoulder in that countdown video, or crazy. All right, so Demetrius Johnson, Adriana Marais at the top. You, you don't you know you don't need me to break this down. The trilogy, you, you know, you're tuning in for this. The trilogy fight. Um, one and one at peace, man. Uh, as they joke today, you know, knees uh, on both sides finishing the fight, which is kind of wild. Um, but it's a big one. And Demetrius Johnson, 
you know, could be his last fight, man. This might be the last time we see Demetrius Johnson compete, which is wild. I'm glad he's getting to come back and fight in the United States. Um, and he, he said, look, I, you know, I'm going to make this decision after the fight. I haven't made the decision yet. I will make the decision after. It's going to be a business decision, you know, not that I can't compete. And I thought it was interesting. He even brought up Chad Mendez, which I thought was cool. You know, he brought up, you know, my peers, George St. Pierre, Habib Nurmagomedov, And, you know, I thought the point – and I think the point was, you know, they kind of walked away at the top of the game. Like, they, and I think he feels like, hey, I'm still there. But I thought it was cool he even brought up Chad Mendez. He was like, Chad Mendez can be top five in the world right now, no question. And he hung it up last week at Bare Knuckle. And, of course, they had their shared history in the WC. So I, I thought it was cool. I've always been a Chad Mendez fan. So I thought it was cool. Demetrius kind of threw out that – uh, hashtag WEC never die reference, right? Um, but he said it. He's like, man, if it, maybe there's if there's other things I can do to make money, then you know I might have to do that. It's going to be a business decision. Um, and and you know, look, I was looking at his social media accounts today. I know he's got the Twitch streaming and he's got some sponsorships. And there is something to be said for going out on top. You know, the the goat. Um, you, you can't hurt your, your brand, right, by by rattling off seven straight losses or something like that to end your career. And people are like, I don't know, was he ever that good? I, I think the division was just over, you know, wasn't as good at the time. And, you know, so it's a, I think it's a real possibility. Like, I don't think he's just dangling that out there. But he did say, I haven't made the decision yet. I'll make the decision after the fight. Meanwhile, Adriano Moraes is going to be the bigger man, as we've seen in both matchups. He's, he's going to have the size advantage in there. You know, he trains an American top team, man. He, he wants to do this. He's not as, as vocal or as well-known as Demetrius Johnson, but he sees this as an opportunity, and he knows, you know, this may be a chance for him to get you, you get two wins over the GOAT. Okay, maybe you call one a fluke, but I, I beat him two out of three. Now where do I stand? Um, so it's a big moment in his career and the first time fighting in the United States. So um, high-level MMA, you, you know, you, you needed to – even if you don't like the other stuff, for some reason you don't like the other stuff, which I don't know why you wouldn't, but if for some reason you only like MMA – you know this is a fight that you don't want to miss. I mean, it's it's a world-class fight that no matter what organization it would take place in uh, would be worth watching. Co-main event, Rod Tang, Jitmon Wong versus Edgar Tabaris. Uh, Rod Tang's a favorite here. Let's just, I mean, Rod, Rod Tang should absolutely win this fight. Um, now, Edgar Tabaris, you know, he's, he's a Mexican-born uh, fighter. He is, you know, a WKA, I believe, Muay Thai champion. I mean, he's... he's Look, he's not a nobody, but he just doesn't have near the experience of Rotting. And even today, I thought this was interesting, man. You know, somebody asked him, like, you know, I mean, Rotting's a legend of the sport. I mean, hopefully you've seen him compete by now. He's fun. He's exciting. He goes out there to put on a show. And he has 274 career wins, which is crazy. You know, these these Thai fighters, man, that start fighting professionally when they're, like, nine years old. It's amazing. It's amazing. i got to get over there this summer. Um, so he's a legend, right? But and I understand you'd be respectful, but somebody asks like, "Hey, Edgar, you know, you know, you know, you're the the uh, the underdog, but you know, where do you think you have the advantages?" And he was like, "Ah, I can't say I have any advantages, but I'm gonna go in there and do my best." I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> Again, uh, second language, so maybe you know he thought he was just being, and I totally understand. Like, you're facing a legend like that, you want to be respectful. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being like. Uh, I mean, well, maybe you don't want to be respectful. Maybe you want to stir the pot. But there's nothing wrong with saying, oh, well, you know, this look, this dude's a legend for a reason. And, and I know he's got incredible tools. But I'm a dangerous fighter, too. You know, and I'm a, I plan to go in there and show that. You know, I don't know, man. It was just, again, I don't think it came out quite the way he wanted to. But he was like, ah, nowhere really. But uh, but I'm going to go do my best. Like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, Mikey Musumeci and Osama Alwari in the uh, in the other title fight. So three titles up for grab. This is the flyweight submission grappling uh, world champion, world championship, I should say. 
Mikey, legit one of the best grapplers on the planet. Like, legit one of the best grapplers around. Uh, his last fight was insane. Uh, just destroyed a dude's leg. They absolutely refused to tap. It was hard to watch. Dude ends up had like tearing every ligament in his knee and is going to have, uh, you know, like a year away, which tough, but like everybody's been kind of talking about that fight this week. Like, what do you think? Like tough or not smart? <laughs> I think most people have been like, uh, both, I guess, but that's why you tap is to get out of there. So Mikey Musmechi, uh, amazing. Uh, Osama, though, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, of course, you know, trains with the Atos team, that trains the, you know, uh, the Rotolo brothers, Andre Gavo. Uh, and he believes, hey, I'm fully prepared for this. I've been training for this moment my whole life. Like, I'm ready to go in there and, and shock the world. I like submission grappling. I've heard some people say that they don't like it being in the middle of a show. Um, because the, the, you know, get a high level MMA fight, and then you get a high level striking fight, and then you know, then you turn to pure grappling, which we know probably doesn't appeal to the casual fan as much. But, um, but I like, it. and again, these are dangerous dudes, obviously. You know, with these full-on pure grapplers, the leg locks are big. You know, like when we do Fury Professional Grappling and we have the, the UFC fighters, we actually ban leg locks um, because that's the only way the UFC will, will, will let us use the talent um, is, is if they don't have to worry about knees being popped and that sort of thing. Um, and so it limits a little bit of what the pure grapplers can do when they when they do face off again because that's just that kind of new age jiu-jitsu, right, where the leg locks are massive. So, um, you know, you'll, you'll certainly see a lot of leg entanglements. Mikey's an interesting cat, man. He's, he's, he's a funny dude that, like, legit just eats pizza every day, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, but good on him. So, look, three titles at the top. All, I think. Mean, I mean, again, I think this this card was put together to be action packed. Uh, Chatri was saying, man, uh, I, you know, he's like, I got this feeling we might have a hundred percent submission or finish rate. And I was like, well, that's, I mean, that's tough, but I mean, it is big. And Chatri was taking some shots today, man. He was like, you know, we've got a seventy five percent submission rate. I think the UFC is only like thirty eight percent. I mean, he called him out by name, and then he had one too that I'm kind of actually interested. Um, to know what Scott Coker thinks. Because, uh, uh, you know, he basically said, look, I'm the only one that's a lifelong martial artist. And I was like, uh, I mean, he does actively train. Like, uh, uh, Coker doesn't train any more than I'm aware of. Um, obviously, Dana, you know, uh, I don't think Dana trains martial arts at all. I mean, I haven't heard of him training martial arts. He's clearly training if you've seen – if, if seen, he's clearly training somehow uh, if you've seen all the, the images of him lately. Um, but I don't think he does anymore. Now, he used to do, like, some jiu-jitsu and stuff. That's how he and the Fertitta brothers first uh, got into mixed martial arts. There's the famous story about the old contract. was like there's a dispute between them. It's a jiu-jitsu match that settles it. Um, but I don't think he does. But I know Coker, like, trained for a long time. And, and I don't know. I, again, I thought maybe that was a little bit of an unnecessary shot to take. It's like, I'm the only CEO of the major companies that's actually a martial artist. But, in fairness, like, he did say that, he was, like, this morning he trained, like, two and a half hours on the mats with, you know, multiple-time world champions. And he was like, they absolutely destroyed me, but it was good training. So, I mean, he does have the right to be like, I'm the only active one training or something. But, anyway, that was kind of funny. So, uh, maybe it will be 100% finish rate. We'll find out. Stamp Fairtex, Elise Anderson, a big Adam weight fight there. Stamp Fairtex, of course, um, a former uh, two-sport champ. She was an MMA champ and Muay Thai champ. Um, this is an MMA fight. Um, Stamp is, um, you know, she's excited. She goes out there. She's, she likes to put on a show. She's the one that, the Stamp dance. Have you ever heard uh, Chevello, of course, talking about that? You know, she comes out and dances, and she always looks to entertain. It was pretty cool, man, that um, 
uh, that I didn't really know this much about Stamp. I'd seen your fights, but um, Shot Troop was about today because I, it did know, you know, in Thailand for the longest time, um, I think still the big stadiums, like, they don't have women fight. Like, you, even though Muay Thai is their national sport, like, women don't necessarily do it. I, I don't know if it's, like, what the scene is, but he was talking about that, and he's like, and now she's like, because, you know, the, the, the money over there, U.S. dollars go a long way over there, and he was saying that, you know, she grew up doing the sport that, like, women didn't really necessarily usually do, and now she's, like, buying property and has, like, a, a ranch and, like, multiple homes and multiple pieces of land, and um, pretty cool, pretty cool. So she likes to go out there and perform. Uh, that should be uh, an intriguing uh, mixed martial arts fight. Roberto Soljic and Sebastian Katasam is the fight that everybody thinks is just going to be fireworks. I mean, these two dudes, I think both of them are at, like, an 86% knockout rate. Uh, they like to come and throw down. And Sebastian, if you saw him, the, the quote that I had, he's not a, a big outspoken dude, loud verbal talker, but I loved what he said. He was like, somebody's getting knocked out, and I don't care who it is. He's like, somebody's going to sleep, and I don't care who it is. I'm coming out to put on a show. Um, I thought that was cool. And I think he means it, too. Uh, Roberto Soldage, of course, the uh, former KSW champ, highly touted. The the uh, uh, debut was spoiled. Um but uh, with the with the uh, the, the low blow, uh, I think somebody asked. I just see this somewhere that like somebody asked him like well, if there were lessons he could take out of that fight, and he was like, "Wear a steel cup." Uh, I think that's hilarious. Um, at least he can have good spirits about. It. Sage Northcut. I'm so excited to see Sage Northcut back. Uh, he's facing Ahmed Mushtaba. Uh, I did a story for Sports Illustrated about Sage Northcut. I talked to him. Say, man. Sage is just the most positive human being ever. I ran into him here in the in the lobby when I first got here, and he was so nice, you know. Comes, he's, he's just that pot, that ball of positive energy, man. Like that, it's so good, you know. I, I was I was asking him, you know, you know, I, I was talking to him about the four years away, and he was talking about how he remained positive, and I was kind of joking with him. I was like, somehow I knew, you know, that you would have a positive spin on these things. He's like, well, you know, I get those negative thoughts too, but you just got to push them out, and you can't let those things control you. And I don't know, man. What he's battled back from is cool. Um, you know, obviously his you know facial fractures in his debut, which he admits. Which I, I'll be honest with you, I never understood that matchmaking. Uh, Cosmo Alexandra, dude, like that was a. Cr- I never did understand what the logic was there with the matchup, um, and it did not pay dividends for Sage. Uh, had the facial fractures, surgery, but he said even the next day he was because I thought, man, something like that. You start questioning, like, why am I doing this? And he was like, nope, I knew I wanted to do it. I knew I was going to compete. Um, you know, I knew I was going to make my way back, and he, you know, he battled back, and he was supposed to fight two years ago, and then he got COVID, and he said the COVID messed him up. He's like, he thinks what happened was he, he tried to keep training because he said he, he doesn't really like to, like, not do anything, so he tried to keep training, and he's pretty sure that, like, that's what caused complications, but he said it took him, like, six months to get normal again, so, um, you know, obviously, COVID hits everybody different uh, or, or had different effects on everybody. I guess his his case was pretty bad, so um, he said that was uh, tough. But he's back now. He's back, um, and I'm, I'm 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 you know you think about it now. He was a baby when he came in, man. He was 19 years old, man. He was 19 years old and did pretty good. He was six and two in the UFC, um, but you know ultimately the UFC said let's get this guy some more seasoning somewhere else, and rather than go to the regional stage, he went to one championship. Um, and it's, it is why, like you know, I look at like a Raul Ruiz Jr. and why I just say like I'm just it's just hard, man. It's just hard to be at the highest level of the sport that young. But now, he's had four years to train. You know, he's he's in his late 20s now. Like, now he's kind of entering his athletic prime. I mean, the dude was always in his athletic prime. But, you know, it's like, 
maybe Sage can, you know, this feels like a big moment, like a, a big win here, man. And this, you know, the, the kid obviously has the look, and again, he's just got the, the best attitude, man. And who, who knows how good he's gotten in this four years. He said he trained the whole time, you know. So how much has he improved and how much has he, tra- you know, trained and bettered himself. So um, I'm, I'm excited to see that one. Uh, Online Song, Fan Rong, middleweight MMA matchup there. Should be fun. Uh, Ty Rutolo is back. Again, you talk about the best grapplers on the planet. Uh, him and his twin brother are two of the legit best on the planet. Uh, against Rainier de Ritter, who is um, a, a mixed martial artist who's best known for his grappling capabilities. Um, but this is tough, man, when you go against the, the pure grapplers. It really is. So, uh, anyway, it's going to be a fun card. It starts at, I want to say, I bet I should probably know that, huh? starts at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern on uh, on Friday night. So, it should be a fun card. I, I, I do think if you haven't been checking out one championship, I think this is a card to do it. Uh, again, it's that prime time. You get to see it. it's from Colorado, uh, so this will be a big moment for them to step into the spotlight. So uh, absolutely looking forward to that and have enjoyed being out here. Like I said, I will get to see the weigh-ins in the morning, um, so I'll see how that whole process goes. Then they do ceremonials afterwards, kind of, you know, the big face-offs and all that. But I'm, I'm not, like I said, I've seen it on the stream. You know, they come in, they give a sample, they test the hydration. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's not like a, you know, it's not like a big deal in terms of like the presentation or whatever. It's just... Uh, you know, I'll jump on a scale and hand me some pee. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just anxious to see it up front and uh, to see it up close, I should say. Um, just kind of see the athletes, you know. Again, there you just see like a little part of the stage. Uh, which is not that they're hiding anything, but it's the same way with me. When I have official weigh-ins going, I just have a lockdown camera and I leave it running. Uh, so I'm kind of anxious to see that. You can watch those stream, by the way. They do stream those. Like I said, I think they're improving, uh, improving their transparency there and trying to do this. And, and look. I do want to say this because I, I, you know, I saw a lot of people blasting one championship after that on point MMA video came out, and, and I think on point, you know, what they did is 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 good in terms of educating and saying, hey, uh, I mean, it is weird, right? Because even the the, the doctor that, that was involved there, he's like, well, you know, I'm gonna tell people how to do how to cheat the system. Like, you do kind of wonder, like, is that a good thing? But I think it's good to be, just be like, hey, look, here's how it's done. But I, I don't think that should take away from one championship, at least trying. You know, like I said, from everything I've ever heard, they're trying to do it for the right reasons. Like I said, Alex Davis, good friend of mine, and somebody who wants nothing but the best for the sport. Um, and, and he loves it, man. He thinks it's amazing for the athletes. And he's got, you know, a handful of athletes in one. He's made the trip over to several events um, and and has seen it up close and personal from the inside. You know what I mean? And if he thought there was anything untoward happening towards his fighter with the other, you know, the other athlete, he would say it, man. Like he does, he 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 will step up and say it. Um, he loves it. He absolutely loves it. So um, I just think that I think you have to at least reward them for trying something. I know one championship, some of their the decisions and the way they present things, and you know, we just talked about some of the stuff that Shatri says and and whatever. Like I get it why you say I, I don't like this, but. I think if people are trying to do something, you should applaud them for trying to do something. Because, again, I have been in the sport for a long time, and I've yet to hear um, the perfect solution for it. So we shall see. Uh, all right, listen, let's take it out to Las Vegas. Uh, let the man Cold Coffee check in. I know that he was uh, eyeballing everything today and helping video edit and, and listening in to the to the to uh, all the best stuff happening at Media. So since I haven't seen any of it, uh, we'll kick it over to him and 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 let you share uh, let Cole Coffee share a little bit of what he saw and uh, talk about USC 288 briefly uh, and uh, yeah we got you covered everywhere that's what we do on the MMA Road Show. You thought I was alone. 
You thought it was just me. John, I wasn't ready for this, but you caught me at a time I wasn't ready, but I'm not alone, so I'm going to hand it over to the man, the myth, the legend. You thought he was dead, but he's back in your life. He's got the earballs and the eyeballs of a giant tortoise. He's the legend. He's the man. UFC thought they could get rid of him, but he's back again because he's Fiasco Jones! <laughs> if there was ever a WWD, WWD, WWE. It's a new league. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole new league. That's like a weapon of. Whack destruction, <laughs> WWG. Better not to think about it. Yeah. Fiasco Jones. Thank you, John, for the handoff. And uh, yes, it would have or probably should have be myself <laughs> alone. But I decided since I was out with the one and the only Fiasco Jones, as you could hear by that intro. And uh, the fans, the people, whether you whether you knew you wanted this, you wanted this. It's like herpes, people. It, <laughs> oh, whether you wanted to get rid of it, <laughs> but you couldn't, here it's it back. is. It's back again. You know that itch that just can't go away and you just got to keep scratching? Fire. That stinging fire. That That stinky inky that just doesn't go away. It's fiasco, Jones. That's right, people. <laughs> Guess what? All right, dude. Well, there is we, no cure. <laughs> here we are in Las Vegas. And the best thing is, I know that while your time away from the UFC, and you know, it's funny. We had a third person out with us tonight, and I will not name him because we want to keep him employed. Yes, yeah, exactly. Don't make the same mistakes. Yeah, we, we asked him if he wanted to join us for this taping, and he said, clearly, I'm pretty sure his words were, <laughs> no, I don't want to get fired like you did. <laughs> He's much smarter than me. I, 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 I'll give him tons of credit. Like he, he heard, he heard the setup, and he's like, "No, he's the fish in the pond that sees the bait." And it's like, "No, asshole, don't you see the hook?" And you know, he, he, he swam away. He swam away to, 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 to UFC again. But when you think about it, well, before we even talk about, it, I know you guys. You know, John brought us in here to actually talk about two eighty eight. But the fans really want to know. Yeah, of course. They Are you glad? Or are you sad that you did the show that eventually got you kicked off? I have had time, Kenny, cold <laughs> coffee, to think about this. And uh, there are many things I could say about the UFC that I didn't like. But I'm actually going to be uh, – I, I have to admit, they did build me up. I have no yep, yep, ill will. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, okay. I, I learned lots of skills from the UFC. Um, and I'm in a better place. So, you know, bygones be bygones, right? That's how it is. That's how Who it is. is this I, ha guy? I have no Who ill will. Is this guy? I will say, by the time they, they decided to fire me, I was already like thinking I need to leave. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of like a, a, a it really was a, a, the right time. And I, for anyone who cares, <laughs> I actually landed in a better place. So that's good. I'm a, yeah, I'm, a, I'm much happier where I'm at now. Uh, it's not MMA anything. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but still, I mean, but I'm much I don't want to say. Well, <laughs> I don't want to say the name of the company because I don't want to get you fired Please from the don't. new company. So don't do, dude. Don't you? It's not a competition here. You know? <laughs> but I will say, uh, the company that you're working for. What's funny is uh, anybody that goes on Facebook. Uh, You've seen me. You guys. Well, one, you probably in spots for this company, or this company does spots that run on Facebook. Yeah, a lot. 
And I remember there was randomly one time um, one of our buddies, uh, Joe Williams from the UFC, hit me up and he said, is that Albert? And he sent me a message that was on uh, that had a video link from a, uh, a video on Facebook. It was you. It was. It was. In you. fact, the audio guy at UFC, we shop at the same uh, Albertsons. And even he's like, dude, just saw you on my Facebook. <laughs> like, I'm apologize. I apologize. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Not to not to, to brag, but you know, I'm a bit of a specimen. And it's true. Yeah. It's true. And apparently, uh, according to the metrics and the media buying team, any uh, ad that my face is in yeah. is the most converting ad that the company has. Whoa. Yeah. And in fact people resonate when they see they, you, they're, they're see, like, they, That's they, me. They, they, they see, see themselves. They see ground zero. They see like the <laughs> bottom. And they're like, That's I resonate with that. I, I see the bottom. I can see that's me. That's the that's the, that's my shadow, and it it con- convinces them to buy the product. And I'm helping people yes. at this point. You know, like at the UFC, yes. I was just another cog in the wheel. Yes. I am now. I'm now helping people. You know, you know. Now this ugly visage can remind people that. There's another way. Yes. You know? And yes. Preach, brother. Yeah, Preach. that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. it's I wish I could I could I could tell what the, the product was, but then, <laughs> the, then, then I get they fired. Give it again. Away. You just <laughs> yeah. give it away. Yeah, and then I get fired again. We won't say that, but uh I what? will say that you but I'm glad that you're happy. I know for a long time Morgan was kicking himself and I I blame Morgan too because he I was too. the one yeah, that, yeah. that it's, it's more, it was more Morgan yeah, than it's me. More, it's more Morgan than me either. It's like <laughs> I I had no I had no participation. I was forced to do that yeah. podcast. Like yeah. I, 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 I remember, no, I remember we dragged you in and tied you down and yeah. said you must speak about these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it was a hundred percent your guys' fault. And that yeah. had nothing to do with me. For the first four and a half years, we were like, never. Let's not tie him down. But when we once we crossed the five year mark of you doing the show, we were like, all right, let's tie him down. And yeah, because I, I was, be I was converting for you guys too. Like you know, I mean, most, I, I'm sure Biggest. most of your Patreon people. We're, Our we're, fiasco are gym fans. Yeah, yeah, and they've been waiting for this moment right now. They're yeah. like, they, they've just been, you've been holding them on tenterhooks. Yeah. When's Fiasco Jones coming back? And it's now. It's yeah. right now. You've paid dearly for this moment. <laughs> dearly. <laughs> for, those, for those that maybe possibly aren't one of those, uh, Fiasco Jones was a uh, longtime uh, co-worker of mine at the UFC. Um, made the mistake of doing the podcast with us for years until it got to the point where it got until him fired. Until someone, the right person heard it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> till the or the wrong person, the wrong or right person yes. heard it, and, and they did not like the fact that he talked to quote unquote, as I'm doing air quotes, uh, media without their permission, even though that was never even a thing before. Right. But uh, they chose to um, be mad at him for hanging out with us. Yeah, I think it was because I said that I. For years, and the truth is, folks, it, for the long-time listeners, we'll get to two eighty-eight after yeah, this. Yeah, by the I way, mean, UFC yeah, two eighty-eight. You're not here for that. You're not here for that. You're here for the the your catch. Yes, fiasco. Tea. You're here for the tea, as the as the kids say. I I don't think even people say like the the tea anymore. I think that what the fuck is the tea? When you're spilling the beans, well, okay. we, we call well, it spilling the beans. We just call it spilling the beans. No, but now they say it's the tea or some version of that. I'm not I'm not fl- fluent in in kid. So uh, I feel like you're like the old man that walked into the bathroom. You saw something scribbled on the wall, and you're like, "The just, tea is that what I'm supposed to say?" I'm, I'm going to go yeah, tell my coworkers. I just simply said, I, "I'm going to adopt this phraseology," and <laughs> it's the tea. Okay, it's the tea. Okay, uh, okay which we would okay. call uh, spilling the beans. Yeah. Um, which doesn't make any fucking sense either. 
It doesn't. I thought the same thing. Where it's, this is a bit of a tangent, but I, I, like, <laughs> I don't think it's a good phrase for telling people rumors. It's spilling the tea. Unless there's been an epidemic of people yeah. spilling tea and then just simply confessing. Well, I remember in Harry What's Potter, the- they like looked into like that the tea or like that little cup that had like tea or coffee in it, and they and then like they were able to like see. Like things, I definitely feel like we're losing subscribers. We're, we're, I, I have no vested interest, <laughs> <laughs> folks. Thank you very much for the time that you decided to listen to the show before You're we got You're never getting rid- it back, folks. You're never getting it back. That's mine. All right, it's part are. of a dark ritual. It's of stealing your time. And- All right, well, let's get right. You're right. Let's finish you whatever the tea is, and then we'll get to the 2288. Here's the thing. I forgot what we were talking about. Just like our subscribers. Oh, you know, folks. Or, or- thanks for listening. We're going to hand it back to John because we're idiots over here. Well, dude. Well, I'm glad that you're here, uh, and, and thank you for the tea wisdom that we didn't get. Uh, I, yeah, that was it'll appreciative. Come back eventually. It was appreciative. Uh, well, here we are, UFC 288, and it's funny. I know you've been out of the game for a minute, and it's funny. If I asked you that if there was a fight going on this weekend, would you have known? No, not specifically. No, no, definitely no. not. Yeah. But what's awesome about this fight is the two people that are main event. You know these guys, and you've seen them well: Aljamain Sterling and Henry Cejudo. Yes, uh, that was I, I. I'm actually I, w- with the other coworker we were that uh, we were out with tonight. <laughs> who we will not name. Who we will not name for who his, we will keep employed. Preservation. Yeah, uh, he, he gave me when I when I heard like Algermain was actually you know headlining. I had to say, okay, wait a second. Where's he at right now? What was what what was what's the backstory? Because when I left, Algermain, I think barely he he was I, not the same. No, he he had uh, it was against Peter Yan, and yep. he had essentially gotten the 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 title because of a oh, the foul disqualification. So you were still with him at that point. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 And there was a lot of questions in the air about does Algermain actually have it? Is yes. he is was he did he just is he? Well, remember is, that was, there was that whole scene at the very end where he's like, "No, I don't want the belt. I don't right. want the belt." And then they put it on. He's like, "Okay, I'll take that." But no. Yeah, no, I don't because it was the belt. idea of like you're winning it from a disqualification. That's yeah. where I left. That's where I left Aljamain Sterling. That's a, that that that. Was, but you had to watch. You couldn't have still been there at that point because that was uh, no. I was there. Yeah, I was there 20, for that. Twenty twenty one. January, February, March 6, twenty twenty one is the illegal knee that he won. Okay, I wasn't there for that. Right. I was gonna say I was looking at the time. I was like, <laughs> you probably thought you were. There was a well, there was a cancel bout that was supposed to happen at 12, 12, uh, 2020. But uh, the last time that uh, he fought before that was June six, twenty twenty. When was when did you leave? It was twenty twenty. I yeah. think August. Well, uh, okay. So you probably saw him fight Sanhagen, but then um, I swear uh, it's weird. I had I actually had like a memory of like. That, that might be when you still actually watch the sport. Uh, I mean, right after I didn't watch the sport. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit of a sore spot. Well, you lived and breathed it. Well, and for the folks that don't know, um, before Albert was at uh, UFC, you were with them when it was WEC as well. Well, right? they own the WEC, right? Yeah, but yeah. did you do some work with them? Or oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Because I remember you used to have like WEC gear, which I was jealous of that. Because I remember your ca- your camera case had a WEC sticker mm-hmm. on it and other stuff, yep. and I was like, okay, this dude's old school. That's right. That's school. why I put it there, so you know. So I know. Fucking, uh, Maybe jealous. I was virtue signaling. <laughs> you were virtue. <laughs> you well, I'm glad shit. I got you, you fired, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad Morgan got you fired. Fuck That's right. It's Morgan's fault. Fuck that guy. But uh, no, well, it's funny. 
I feel like we could reminisce about the old days too, because I remember when, like, when I first came on, the there was the the crew that came over from WC, and then there was the Strike Force, Strike Force folks. But that was like a badge of pride, you know, the people that came in that were like, "Oh, I'm I'm old school Strike Force, or I'm old school." We didn't. You know, the this. UFC didn't own Strike Force very long. For like, there, there was like the, a handful of shows where guys yeah. were like, "Oh, I'm going to Strike Force shows," and they're like, "It's like six shows, like yeah. that, that's it." I unfortunately, I mean, sour, sour grapes, sour grapes. I was gonna I, say, I never went to a strike force show. <laughs> didn't sound sour grapes at all, right there. Fuck those guys. What the f just happened? All right, I didn't realize that was a trigger spot. Uh, yeah, uh, I like it. I like I it. I mean, I, I wanted to cross off all the boxes, you know, if I could, and I never got a strike force box. Yeah. But I uh, had a ton of, a t- I'm, you know, I, I want credi- credibility for. Tons of WEC. I yes. was there for the Henderson Pettis uh, Matrix the Showtime kick, kick. The Showtime kick. Yeah. Yes, I was there for that. Uh, it was the last. That was the last. Do you remember when, when that happened? You guys, did you guys think? I mean, I'm sure it was crazy, but did you guys think that you saw something that you were just like, I can't. Absolutely. Believe. In the me- in the moment that we saw it, it, it was like, okay, that's amazing. But here's the catch. Um, I actually have footage from the UFC when I was shooting uh, behind the scenes for Henderson at. Uh, um, God damn! What I can't remember his uh, his his uh, gym at the time, but his, his gym in, in Arizona. We went down there, and he was. Uh, I mean, I, I'm mistaking that. It wasn't Henderson. It was uh, Pettis. There was footage of him actually practicing the Showtime kick, like like jumping off the wall and doing this kind of spinning kick. Oh, so Benson was at MMA Lab, but uh, yeah, this is when was he still at uh, Rufus's gym? It would have been up in Milwaukee. I, I I couldn't have seen it at because uh, I don't think I ever traveled to, to Rufus's lab uh, or Rufus, Rufus's place. Rufus's gym. Um, but there's there's footage of Pettis actually practicing the Showtime kick, and uh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of is that like I've seen the the B roll, the backstage stuff of him practicing it. So when he actually like executed it, it it looks amazing. But like that would have been WC fifty three. Henderson versus Pettis. Yeah, twelve June or uh, December sixteenth, two thousand ten. Does that sound about right? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Wasn't it? It was in Arizona, wasn't it? Glendale, Arizona. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was. It was the last show, and it was like it ended like on a. I mean, you cannot end a, essentially a company, a fight company, on a better note than that. Pettis loses the, and, and or not Pettis, but Henderson. Benson loses the belt, and he was a dominant. Uh, a, a dominant fighter at that point, a dominant champion, and then you know Pettis had been coming up. That 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 story of Pettis in the WEC coming up was pretty amazing because he was this like wonderkind, just destroying people, and he had these kind of Anderson Silva esque uh, wins where he was just he was very flashy, and then for him to win that way was just like ice, like cherry on top. It was amazing. Yeah, Benson, I just looked back on his record. He was on a five-win streak going in there. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, he had beat, right before that, before he lost to Pettis, he beat Anthony and Jokiwani, Shane Roller, Donald Cerrone, Jamie Vonner, and Dana, uh, Donald Cerrone a second time. Yeah. He, he fought Cerrone twice, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right before that. Beat uh, Cerrone by guillotine choke and by And Cerrone was no, like, I mean... I can talk about Cerrone all, all the time. He, he probably is my favorite fighter. Yeah, I think because, he's pretty much Jamo's outside of uh, Arlovsky. I think Cerrone's Jamo's. He, he I, I feel like Cerrone embodies 
what everyone thinks of as he's, he's the archetypical fighter. He yeah. fights at the time when he was prime. He was fighting crazy. He was hard. He was a hard guy. He he won won most of his fights, but and but he never had a shitty fight. He never had a yeah. shitty fight in his life, entire life. But then he would just go at, on his off time and he would just live this adventurous life. Yep. That's what people think MMA fighters are like. Ever like he is the archetypal adrenaline one hundred percent twenty four seven. There's no he never like puts his takes his foot off the pedal. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I really appreciate that of him. The thing, the, the the weird downside of him is that he can never close the deal. And that's why I think for, for centuries we will wonder about Cerrone. Why is that? Yeah. <laughs> like, why couldn't he? He should be a champion. Cerrone should be like one of the most decorated champions in MMA history. But he has never been a champion. Uh, but he is, I think, the archetypical fighter. Like what we think about of as the would you embody a, a fighter to be right what would you think when Cerrone I don't know I'm sure you saw this but whatever but speaking of that you know for the longest time Cerrone outside of like WC and other stuff didn't get the belt and people are like is he ever going to make it to the Hall of Fame so what did you think when Cerrone got the nod to get into the Hall of Fame for this year absolutely natural I mean like and how but how fucking cool is that but it also sets up it opens up a big doorway you know, a lot of people thought like it almost seemed like you had to get a title. You had to have some crazy blood, you know, we all your blood comes out of your body fight, you know, to get into the Hall of Fame. But he opened up the doorway as well, you know, to kind of like a fan favorite, like the first fan favorite that I could think of that, that they found a way to sort of work in there, you know. Right. And, and, and he, there, there, needs, there needs to be a pathway for that, because I think like Joe Lozon. Needs needs a path, you know, like uh, that's uh, a good name. I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, uh, um, Matt. Oh God damn, I forget forget his name. But either way, th- there's tons of people. Who's the welterweight, Matt? Uh, you, you went to in uh, Ohio or uh, Hamill? No, no. Welterweight. Oh, uh, you're talking about Matt. Uh, uh, Brown. Yeah, I was Matt like, Brown. I was like, uh. Like, Matt Brown deserves a place, you know? I like that, because I, I love Matt Brown, but you're yeah. right, I mean... Matt Brown deserves a place. People who that that were fan favorites, that actually, they drew a crowd based on their fighting skill, not necessarily the the gold or the... The, the overall record or the overall achievements? The, yes, the overall achievements. I mean, there, there are some fighters that like have like winning records that don't deserve to, to ever go there. But you have people like Joe Lozon who um, gave the fans exactly what they wanted. When, when, yeah. when, when a fan bought a ticket and they went to a fight, Joe Lozon paid that ticket. you know. And so did Cerrone. And so did Matt Brown. And so did so many others. They paid – I'm thinking of another guy, the the, the 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 short guy that's also a welterweight. God damn, he's, I think he's also named Hendrix. Matt. No, Hendrix is good. <coughs> um, I can't remember. The, uh, I, I've lost so many. There's so many fighters, but like so many brand sales have been lost over the <laughs> yeah, years. Exactly, but there are so many people out there that obviously need to be in the Hall of Fame that didn't necessarily win the accolade or the the awards. That it can't just all be champions because. If you're an MMA fan, you know that most of the guys you loved in MMA were not champions. They were just those guys who were gritty. They were those guys who essentially paid the ticket. You you paid a ticket to see 12 guys fight, but you really the one that got that they gave you the best fight 
are those 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 guys who scrapped. You know, they just never gave an inch. They were fighting every round. Those are the guys that really deserve a spot in the Hall of Fame. Um, I wonder who it could be because, like, I was like, uh, Matt Hughes is already in there. Um, uh, yeah, he, is it a lightweight? Maybe a lightweight. Wait, match? well, if you start switching up your lightweights now or your your weight classes, I don't even. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even on my phone. Who knows? Who knows? But I guess we should talk about what we were talking about. Yeah. But that's the great thing. That's why we need to bring you back on the show after because I know you have a tons of stories that we haven't talked about in forever, but. You make me want to reminisce about like all the old school <laughs> days and uh, the other shit, like my first event at the UFC and all this other crazy crap. But, um, but jumping back to uh, Henry, um, Aljamain Sterling and Henry Cejudo, which I know you're familiar as well. Here comes Cejudo, who hasn't, who's been gone forever. Yeah, he's coming back in. He somehow <laughs> works his way and he can come this back. This is UFC magic and get right into here. It, get, get a title <laughs> fight. I mean, that's I guess that's part of the whole UFC thing is like if you if you have some uh, credibility, you have some name value, and you're able to kind of work your talk in there. But I mean, granted, this is not just anybody. This is not just a shit talker that's coming in. This is a guy that legit. Triple C, double champ, you know, the guy that's able to kind of do this. Uh, and I don't know if you knew this. He was also an Olympian. Mm. Yeah. I don't, is that I don't, so? Is that, is he, that, is he that actually, so? He actually got no medals. Shit? He actually got medals. What? He okay. actually got medals. Wow. I don't, okay. I don't know if you knew that. No, but uh, <laughs> um, here he is coming back. And, I mean, so you got both guys. You got both guys that have great wrestling skills. They got good grappling skills. If anything else, I mean, I think we realize that Cejudo has gotten better with his trekking, but everybody still considers him, you know, mainly a guy that wrestles. Aljamain Sterling, great grappling. He's good on the ground, but people, I guess, I guess you know, you want to say out of the two, has better striking of the two. But, you know, what's interesting is a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, uh, Aljamain's got great grappling. He's got, he's got good ground skills. He can help defend a takedown. But does he have the skills to stop an Olympic-like wrestler? You know, he's had problem with guys in the past. Peter Yan even gave him some, you know, some hard about, you know, some hard fits that first time around. But when they came back for the rematch, it was a whole different Aljamain Sterling. So when you think of this fight, here comes Henry coming back. Henry being Henry, Aljo being the guy that you know you've seen great striking, you've seen good ground skills. He's he's a fucking beast for that size too. At bantamweight, he is absolutely ginormous. I mean, the guy is ready to go up to forty five. Um, but when your initial thoughts, when you heard that this fight had came back or that this fight worked itself out, Henry came back and everything, what were your initial thoughts on the fight? I can't believe it's uh, it's not going to be the most unique take, but I, I believe the words ring rust uh, are probably... Don't ask Dominic Cruz who says it doesn't exist, but I, it exists. It exists. It's a yeah. real thing. And Peter Yawn, let's go back to Peter Yawn. That guy is insane. Like, right. it, it, I mean, that that Aljamain was able to defeat him. Uh, I mean, the first the first fight, first time didn't question. look great. Yeah, yeah. Second, Second fight, time he dominated him. Right. Yeah. That's an achievement to me, and and he's still in the game. Like, I mean, Ring Rust is the story, right. and I'm sure this is not unique. This is not like a woo, uh, and I get it, but I I feel like that honestly is the top line is that Cejudo has been out for a long ass time right. and it matters. That fucking matters to, to not be fighting human beings for that amount of time is, 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 I mean, that's the entire story. Yeah. And what's interesting. I mean, he's, he's been coaching, he's been training. 
Not but you're right. But, but fight speed is different than that. You know, I mean, I think there's definitely some some credibility to the fact of being able to, you know, understand the, 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 the science of the sport really breaking down when you're when you're coaching somebody and you're looking at the mistakes. I'm sure in that process, you're thinking about your own mistakes, the way you are your own movements and you're hoping to sharpen that sort of thing. But it's very different than actually taking punches, putting your your heart rate at a certain level, you know. But you got to think if a guy, you know, and this is maybe this is something that we give too many guys, uh, you know, credit when they're at this level. When I think I'm an Olympian, I immediately I'm, I'm putting them if, if I'm equating fighters to liquor and drinks. If I hear an Olympian, that's top shelf. That's top shelf. That's not just that's just not on the same level as like it's going to be above the well. I think anybody like a fighter that's able to get a championship belt. It's a bad metaphor. That's not well. That's, that's bad, not well. It's a bad metaphor because uh, <laughs> is that like when you age alcohol, it gets better, right? And but it just sits some there. if I age, if I age my PBR, does it get better? Uh, maybe potentially, but probably not. Uh, <laughs> but like, most mostly the metaphor is like wine. The longer you sit, it sits there. It gets okay, more potent, okay. but better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that works with fighting. Is yeah. that it, not at all? It, and I'm not discrediting Cejudo for all of his achievements, but the fact that you're like you said, like like being in there against a a, a person month after month after month, year after year after year. It, it means something. It means something. And even just analyzing people, like, are we better fighters because we've seen fights? No. Oh, very much so. Very much I so. I mean, I've won a, a, a few fights. <laughs> you like, but I can't tell. I can't tell. Those, those are still locked away uh, I, I, in top, I, I, some top avoid secrets. Some, some, avoid you know. some chokes. You know, because of this. Uh, no, but no. We, it's not the same thing at all. Yeah. Can he coach guys? Absolutely. I'm sure he has. Uh, he's a fount of wisdom, but it's not the same thing as actually like fighting a guy, training for a fight, and getting ready for and and actually having that the the momentum of coming from a fight, going into training, you know, after the fight, going back into training and preparing for a fight. I don't think that he's not like an average guy that or average fighter, middle tiered fighter that is going to have the same things to overcome. He's definitely at a higher level. You're right. Yes, like an aged wine. He's he's not going to have to overcome the same difficulties as other fighters. Yeah. But he's it's it's, it's he still has to overcome these 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 issues and Algermain is already there. He's already a, a well-fueled machine. He's ready for takeoff, and he's wait. He, that countdown just tick, 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 tick. That's all he's waiting for. He all he needs is he's like, all right, launch, and he's gonna fight. Whereas Cejudo is like, oh god, Jesus Christ, is the fucking the sealant here cooled? Oh god, uh, is the, this thing over here? The, this is bulging out. That's not supposed to happen. And they, they, some folks are like, well, let's scrub the launch. Uh, but they have to launch anyway. There's no, there's no, there's no if or ands or buts. It's, it's like you gotta get out there in the goddamn octagon and fight Algermain Sterling. Do you think he's gonna come in overconfident? Because he's, I mean, I think every Cejudo fight, always comes out overconfident, right? So. <laughs> but you figure that's part of what part of what his best attributes as well is is the belief in himself. I think every fighter needed to go in there believing in himself, and I think it's that belief in himself that's able to that took him to the Olympic level. But I mean, like this guy coming in—that's got to be said. I Conor mean, that's got to be worth something. Has, yeah, probably peak 
confidence, confidence in himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he still lost. So it does take you. You're right. Absolutely. It takes you. That confidence in yourself takes you to a certain level. It's not going to win you fucking fights. Yeah. Um, I mean, otherwise, Con- Conor McGregor would be champion to the day. Yeah. He'd be the, the best fighter in the world. So speaking of the confidence, one of the things that Henry said, he, he, he he's already kind of looking towards the future, but his, his goal was he wants to beat Aljamain, and he said this at the presser or at the media day. His plan is to get Aljamain. And then the next guy that seems to be on the ticking uh, on the table that's been chawing and chomping at the bit is Sean O'Malley. He wants to take care. Of, he's got some real sort of hatred towards Sean O'Malley. I think he called him a crazy crackhead eraser head or something. <laughs> some, I'm butchering what oh, he God, said. I, but it was I watched eraser along head. Those That's lines. tough. That's a tough film. Um, and then he wants uh, Volkanovski after that, which means he would have to go up. But he wants Volkanovski. He wants to be the quadruple champ. Of course he does. You know, triple C is, is just not enough. He wants to go up and get another belt. Um is 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 that just confidence? Is that just you know talking the game? Is he is he setting himself up? We a lot of times when we hear fighters already talk about the future, looking past an opponent, is he already setting himself up to? Here he is. He hasn't fought forever, but now he wants to come back. He's going to be fighting the champ. He was able to work himself into a title shot. He wants to fight Aljamain, but he's already thinking about Sean O'Malley. He's already thinking about Alexander Volkanovsky, even outside of that. Is he looking past Aljo? And what do you think about a guy that's coming in immediately and that's that's the kind of stuff that he's talking about? I would ask the question, who is Al Jermaine talking about fighting next? Is he thinking about fighting anyone next? Well, he, he did say that if Sean, if Sean O'Malley was the fight that, the fight that they wanted to do, the, the unique thing about him and some of the stuff that he was talking about, if Sean O'Malley is the fight that, it makes, that makes sense and he thinks that that's the biggest one, Al Jermaine's always been a company guy. So he's like, if that's what the UFC think is going to be the biggest fight to make the most money and bring the most eyeballs, I'm good with it, you know, and wants to do whatever. But he also understands that this weight cut sucks. He even said it in the media. He's like, this weight cut absolutely sucks. But he also has a teammate in Marab Devalichvili who's right there behind him. And a lot of people, you know, they've said that they didn't want to fight each other. So a lot of people are thinking, looking at this fight here, that if he's able to maintain the belt, if he if he gets the belt, then it's maybe one more shot, which would be this Sean O'Malley fight, and then he wants to leave it and then go up to fight again because he's already big for Bantamweight. He's very, very big. But if he loses this fight, that's where a lot of people question whether he's going to stay at that or do you immediately just make that decision. I can see where he doesn't want to. Why stay at the division if he loses the belt? You know, just make the move. Right. But part of it is the possibility of his buddy, his teammate, Who's right there? If he wins this fight, if he doesn't fight Sean O'Malley, it's almost like the UFC is like, because they've said Marab's like, I don't want to fight him, but there's nobody else besides him. Yeah, you know, so uh, it's interesting in that sense. But if so, if you hear sort of that deal and Aljamain side, not that it's like there's no like no win situation, but he's already kind of coming in this this fight week as well. Like you know, I just the like, same he wants to go out there and perform. He's given a lot of respect to Suhudu. Suhudu, outside of all the cringy, wacky shit that he does, you got to give him his props. You got to give him his Absolutely. respect for what Absolutely. he's done before and but what he's done. I mean, when he beat DJ, how can anybody doubt what the dudes did when he went in there and beat DJ? DJ was the dude. He was the guy. When people are talking about pound for pound, pound for pound greatest. You know, when people were talking about John Jones and other stuff, they were talking about DJ. And then this guy went in there <laughs> and beat him. So when you look at Aljo, I mean, I mean, I guess when you think about what's next and you think about what he's, you know, looking in this fight, and I love that the cat's 
what my cat's trying to attack fiasco right now. Um, I love bites. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, to answer your question, though, I think let's just not be stupid about it. Is that ring rust is a real thing? Cejudo uh, is a great fighter, but he hasn't been there. Um, and for him to be naming off his next comp- competition, I feel like is a, is a sign of weakness. It's a sign of that, like he's trying to distract from. I have a huge fight in front of me right now. Let's talk about the fights after this. That's 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 that is weak in my opinion. Is, is that like don't don't plan your don't 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 measure the drapes. Don't plan your future past now because uh, it's like you just t- you just question you just spitting in the MMA god's face because they're always listening. <laughs> Absolutely. And that I mean the, what I love about MMA is that he, no matter what I say he has a shot. Like the, yeah. everyone that goes in there has an equal shot, and shit happens. But I'm gonna say that Algermain, he's he's giving deference to Cejudo's career and his accolades and his yeah. pred- or, or, uh, uh, pedigree. But even he probably knows is that like, goddamn, like uh, I've been here. I, I I'm a little. I feel a little more fresh. And in his head, he's probably thinking this is like great. And of course, he's looking at. If you ask him about Sean O'Malley, I love to see that fight. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, he probably is looking more, looking forward more to that fight. Yeah. than he is to Cejudo. Cejudo at this point is a money fight. Right. That is, he's a name. He's coming out of no, not nowhere, but well, he's, I mean, not, he's, not, he's not. He's not. He's not coming in from because he he won that spot. Yeah, he's coming in because because of his name, right? And relationships. It's the biggest and, money fight option, right? And they it's because UFC knows that they can that, that people will pay for this card. Yeah, and so Aljamain is making a, a money play, smart for him, smart for Cejudo, but I don't think Cejudo's walking away with this. But if it sets Ooh. up, if it sets up for Sean O'Malley, honestly, I I, I love that idea. I love that yeah. idea. When you say you don't think he's walking away, you mean not fighting again, or you think you don't think he's walking away with the belt? Uh, I guess I, I can segue to that, and you can answer. I guess both questions. Explain, explain what you said, but what what is your, I guess because we've already ran way too long. Sorry, oh, John. Whatever. Um, what is your prediction on this fight? I think Aljamain walks away with it. Um, I think it's going to be a, a hard-ish fight. Uh, probably three rounds. I'm going to say three rounds. Really? Think he, so you're saying he finishes them? Yeah, I think Aljamain's finishes them. I, 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 Striking? I believe... Abs- no, I think it's probably going to be ground. I think it's going to be some kind of submission. Um, I do think that Cejudo, as strong as he is, will eventually gas. and well, Not gas... It's just that it's a five round fight in the UFC is probably the hardest thing any human being has ever done in their life. And if you have stepped out of that for yeah. several years, yeah. you think you're ready. And Sudo's done it. Like the thing, Sudo, yeah. his confidence is through the roof. He's like, I've done this before. It's not the same thing as just saying, okay, I'm going to take a few years off and then come back yeah. and do it. Immediately, like not you're not even like ratchet up to like a few three rounds and then get to five. You're just gonna go from retired right. to five. No, and, and it's, it's, it just doesn't work out. And it's not even just the rounds. You're 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 going against the champ. Yes, <laughs> a guy who has done this again. And I guess Peter Yawn, we all know, is not yeah. some 
You know, he's not a scrub. He's not a scrub. Yeah, he's not just some random guy. Yeah. That should, Peter Yan was supposed to be the heir apparent to that to that belt. He, for everyone that was in the bantamweight division, said Peter Yan is the next champion. Yeah, Aljamain Sterling beat him. Uh, beat him once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but still, he beat him. Yeah, that means something. Yeah, that means something. Cejudo has been out the entire time. I can't. I I have to say that like like. Sterling has this, like he, he, and to say that Cejudo has a, a legitimate chance, everyone has a legit, legitimate chance in the in the octagon, but I guess statistically and like just like rationally, no, like he doesn't, like he's it's it's just like it's not the same thing, like it's just he's in a different category. Yeah, he was the champ, he's not the champ. He he left. You know, he had. I'm sure he got fat. He got skinny. Got fat. Got skinny. Got fat. Got skinny. Got fighting shape. And now it's like, let's go fight again. Not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Fighting someone who's like, I've been the champ now. I've I've defended my my belt several times now. It's not the same thing. It's not the I same agree. thing. And he's a specimen. Aljo is a specimen. Right. Well, there you go. I love that breakdown. It went uh, way longer than I thought. And I would ask you about any other names. I mean, besides this, the co-main, Bilal Muhammad, uh, Gilbert Burns. Do you have initial thoughts on how that fight's going to go? No. Gilbert oh. Burns. I'm going to say Gilbert Burns. Yeah. Well, it was really good on the and the the, uh, the media day as well. Gilbert Burns jumped in this. There's a lot of – this guy's been chugging away, getting wins, you know, decided to jump in here and take this fight. He's willing to fight anybody. Bilal, same with him. You know, he's been clamoring, hoping for the fight. You know, the title, you know, they both agreed to take this fight. Bilal thinks if he gets a win here, he thinks with enough shine that he could take over that uh, fight with Leon Edwards, skip over Colby Covington, maybe take that fight to, to Abu Everyone Dhabi. Everyone wants to skip over Colby. Everybody Kobe. wants to skip over Kobe, but, I mean, Dana seems to be is set. That still, is that still a payday now, like, like fighting Colby? Yeah. Well, Colby's able to come in, and he's, he's got the shot against Leon Edwards as the title. Dana's like, Leon and, and Colby's the, the next fight, so... He's done I, mean, his thing. I would think you wouldn't want to skip a Colby Covington fight just because Colby sells Colby brings fights. it. He That's sells it. fights. As much as people want to talk shit or whatever, Colby sells the f out of some fights, yeah. man. Like, and he's a hell of a fighter. But he, yeah, I mean, he sells fights. And I mean, I think if a fighter uh, wants to go in there and know that you know if you can bring up uh, or drum up some heat during fight week with Colby, it's like it's like a guarantee, right? I feel like he sells. He sells himself and sells you. Yes, that, 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 it's it's a win win if you can beat him. He's yeah. not he's not like a pushover. So yeah. yeah, and I mean I'm sure looking down the rest of this card, any other names that you're? <laughs> I say that jokingly because I know he hasn't looked at the card. By the way, folks, since I left or I was uh, unceremoniously uh, kicked out of the UFC, it has changed. <laughs> it has changed quite there's, a bit. There's a lot of names, cats, uh, that I have. I'm, I'm like, wow, I am a boomer of the UFC. <laughs> you're no, you're official old timer. I'm just glad that there's still, still some champs there that uh, I recognize. Yes, isn't that something? Isn't that something? Um, the lightweight champ. I, I, I uh, it was a Teixeira, right? And then Teixeira lost to. Oh, you're talking light heavyweight. Yeah, light heavyweight. Oh, you said lightweight. And I was sorry. like, no. Light, yeah, light heavyweight. Lover ain't been lightweight for a minute. <laughs> He's never been lightweight. Uh, yeah, and I, I just saw that, that, that it changed a, a guy. Again, new guard. I have no idea who the, the light heavyweight champion is. I was like, wow, holy crap. I have. It's me. I'm actually the light heavyweight champion. And I will say, though, like just as a tangent, is that I feel like I'm now, I have now become a casual. Not even that. I'm not even a casual anymore. But I, I do. I did. I, I always go to MMA Junkie. 
Oh, yeah, I appreciate catch, that. To, to catch up. Morgan won't like that, but I appreciate that. That's all right, Morgan. <laughs> you, you got me fired anyway. Uh, <laughs> but I'll go there, catch up, and uh, I'll, I'll be like, wow, like the, some more and more of my my the people who are of my era are just don't exist anymore. And there's there's Chaos Williams. Is it Chaos Williams? Yes. Yes. Uh, I want to follow. Badass I want to follow chaos. Well, Just because uh, it's chaos. Yes, absolutely. And fight style chaos. He's awesome. He's he's one. He's a fucking scary dude. He's he's gonna be my new favorite. Um, I'm glad that we're doing this because it it is. It's bringing you back into pretty, the fold. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm shaking off your ring rust is what you're saying. Yeah, you're, I feel like Cejudo. I feel like Cejudo, But that's why I'm losing because everyone's like, you idiot. Why are you on this podcast? You don't know shit. I am the Cejudo of podcasting. That's true. Of MMA podcasting. You, you're the original Triple C. Yeah, exactly. I, I was gone for a minute. I, I, was, I was doing it. I was doing it. I was gone for a minute. And now I'm back and I sound like an idiot. Ooh. <laughs> He's back, motherfuckers. I love uh, it. Yeah. Well, this is going to be the greatest handoff because just to peel the curtain back, John taped his segments, and I thought John was going to send me one segment. I'm out drinking with Fiasco Jones, and then John sends me the the audio, and he's like, hey, can, <laughs> can you tape a segment? And I said, this will be fun. Can I just pause you right there to add to the fun? It would not be a Fiasco Jones segment if we did not delve into the mysteries of – Oh my God! Uh, the wider universe. We've already been talking for forty-one minutes. You got to be quick. Matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, did you know that? Be quick. <laughs> did you know that? At least last week. That, 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 well, it was been great while we had you as listeners. <laughs> <laughs> this is what they want. This is what they want. UFOs. Uh, they had a congressional UF, uh, congressional meeting about UFOs. Okay. And okay. they came out and said that guess what? Of all the UFO ex, uh, reports, sightings we, or whatever. Yeah, okay. sightings. Okay. Okay. None of them are from the other planets. Do you believe that? Do you, you mean you all that? the sightings came from people in America saying they, that they, they were sightings? They're saying that, like, yes, we have some unexplained sightings. There, there's been like 600 and something sightings, um, but we can we can we can say that none of them are from outside of this planet. You mean trace their their origins from outside of the planet? Right. They're saying there's no there there are no aliens. So they came from the sea, or something. I see. So they can't track any like entry points into like the solar into like the our space. They wouldn't go into that. They literally actually, it's sad. It's good that we're going to close out the segment this way because no, it, now it, there's more questions. It started no, out as a, uh, a a revelation. I'm like, oh, they're going to talk about UFOs, and then they immediately said there are no aliens, and then they talked about just the operations of like, oh, how do we test for uh, UFOs and shit like that, and it, it came out to be China and Russia. Yeah. That was a very depressing segment there. I mean, we had to, I, I had to wrap it up. I, 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 I felt a lot of pressure right there. Uh, That's the ring rust right there that yeah. just showed up. That's the ring rust. All right, so now we're going to hand it back to John, who thinks it's just me. But uh, he didn't realize that we just went on a 42-minute tangent of uh, MMA stuff. So thank you all for listening. We love you. I'm glad to be back here in Vegas. But now we're going to toss it back over to Morgan in Colorado. All right. Definitely appreciate Cold Coffee. Uh, just giving us a little bit there. Uh, <laughs> I know sometimes he'd probably prefer to just not have to say anything <laughs> i don't think he's as comfortable just talking by himself as i am <laughs> which even me i think yeah what am i doing here 
But I'm going to uh, go check now and see if I'm stuck on the 22nd floor or if we actually have functioning elevators again, which hopefully we do. Uh, and we'll have full one championship coverage uh, all week long, so take a look on social media for that. If you happen to be in Canada, Fight League Atlantic, check us out there. I always, always enjoy seeing fans out there. Everybody's been super nice to me uh, when we've been out there. We've had a good time, so uh, happy to see anybody that's out there. Come say hello, say what's up. Um, yeah, and appreciate everybody that supports us over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. It means the world to us. Uh, so anybody that helps us, that listens to us, we appreciate you. But those people, that's the VIPs, and we really appreciate you. Know that. Uh, lots of MMA action this weekend. Let's soak it all in. But more important than anything, thanks for listening.